Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Mike Russin. Glad to have you here with me today. It is a dreary, rainy Monday, I'll tell you. Um, but it's it's somehow comforting. I don't know why it's not, it's not bothering me today. I think I know why. It's because I went to church yesterday. I think we finally found a good church, good Baptist church, uh, you know, biblically sound from what I could tell in their doctrinal statement and the message yesterday. They're in between pastors right now. A uh, guy just retired there for 30 cents. So funny, man. Every church we've gone to has been in a transitional period, which uh, it just leads me to believe I'm supposed to play a role in it somehow. But uh, anyways, it's dreary and cold here today. Uh, And I'll tell you what, man, you would think the cold plunge would be the toughest in the winter. You know, you wake up, the house is a little chilly. You go outside, it's 15 degrees. You have to break the ice up with a sledgehammer. But the thing about Maine is that it's always sunny in the morning. Like in winter, it's very rare that you wake up on a winter day, which is so unusual for me because growing up, you know, south of Buffalo and then Erie and Pittsburgh, it's just it's just gray all all winter and spring and fall. It's just constantly gray. Uh, but yeah, it's mostly sunny here uh, in the winter. But you would think that'd be the toughest cold plunge environment. You know, it's 15 degrees in the air, water temp is 33, 34, just about completely frozen through. Like I said, I gotta break it up with a sledgehammer uh, to get in. But now, nah, man, I tell you, today, you know, usually by the time I make it to the tub, I'm like, all right, I'm getting in. Today, I made it to the tub, and I almost talked myself out of it because it, you're, I'm standing there, I'm getting rained on, so I'm already starting to get pretty cold and wet, and it's just gray. <laughs> and I got, I'm like, dude, I gotta crawl this tub. Water's like 43 degrees. I'm gonna be freezing in here. I'm gonna get out. I'm gonna be continued to get poured on. You know, it's just it's a it's a little different. Um, this was this was the tougher one of the tougher ones I've done, um, cold plunge wise. Just mentally, it's and it's not even you know it's forty three degrees out, so it's not even like it's that cold you know compared to fifteen degrees. But it's just the the sunlight is just interesting how the sunlight has such a dramatic effect on your moods, your mentality, and that's why it's so important when the sun is out you go out and get in it. I've got the most. I've got a wicked tan right now from between te- between being in Texas and then just like the past, like last week when I got back, it was like 50, but it was sunny. So I forced myself to sit outside shirtless. Like I, I wasted a single minute of the sunlight. I sat outside. I worked all, all day outside in the sun, you know, kept my eye on the ducks and the chickens. The ducks are huge now, man. I think they're just about, they're probably a week away from being fully feathered. So as soon as the spell of rain and cold uh, is over, they're going to be outside full time. Penelope, my, uh, my, what do you want to call it? Alpha hen <laughs> set one of the ducks straight the other day, establishing the pecking order. I felt terrible. Terror tore like three of her uh, wing feathers out, like from the root, like there was blood. I felt I picked Penelope right up by her neck. <laughs> She's my favorite chicken, too. She was the runt of the litter, and she used to get picked on. She wouldn't really eat. I had to, like, so what I would do is I'd pull her aside from the other girls, and I would hand feed her, feed her right out of the palm of my hand. Well, I, enough time of doing that, she got bigger than everybody else. And I don't know if it was a combination. I think they see me as, like, the rooster, you know what I mean, as the boss. Um, which I know because they follow me around everywhere. Um, so I think the combination of the attention I was giving her and the food making her bigger. Now she's the alpha by a, by a mile. Went from being the runt and getting picked on. She had the smallest comb. 
out of everybody. Uh, now she's the boss. And, uh, you know, I was reading online that that's just them establishing the pecking order, but I, it was a little too violent for my taste. So Penelope got scooped up by her neck, legs kicking. <laughs> I kind of felt bad, but, you know, you got to spare the rod, spoil the child. You know, which brings me to an interesting thing, actually. I didn't even think about talk, uh, talking about this. I was reading with Ada uh, Proverbs 22 yesterday. And, you know, that's it, it talks about corporal punishment for your kids. And, uh, you know, that's a decision that I'm going to have to make is am I going to spank my daughter? And I'm leaning towards yes, because that's what we're told to do in the Bible. I think the argument could start because... I just have so much, uh, I just lack so much trust in any modern information regarding parenting now because you look around and everybody's kids are turning into androgynous trans weirdos. You know what I mean? And it's just, I don't think that, well, it's traumatic when you hit your child and they grow up, well, at least they're not growing up to chop their penis and breasts off. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? And don't get me wrong. There are kids that get beat, and as a result of that trauma, they, they turn trans, you know, they, they go for the whole transgender thing. It's a social contagion. Like, when I was growing up, you know, I disproportionately affects females. Is females are more, uh, they have a predisposition to be an effect by social contagion. So, like, a big example of this, and I'm sure some of you listening to me will remember, when I was in high school, like, bulimia, anorexia, and uh, self-harm, like, cutting, were big and who did it who did it affect the most the women the girls you know what i mean so i think we're seeing a similar thing here uh with this transgenderism is it's at its core is a social contagion i do believe i do believe i really do believe that in some and this is going to surprise some of you in some cases that person really does feel like they're more comfortable being the opposite sex of what they were born. Does that mean that they should go and mutilate themselves? No, I think that person needs God, needs Jesus, first of all, but also some intense counseling work. I really do believe in some cases that's the case. However, now with this giant uptick in cases, I think most of these are people trying to fit in. You know what I mean? Like now, if you wanna if you wanna stand out from the crowd, be a God fearing man or woman. You know what I mean? That's like that's being the rebel now. But I didn't want to go down this old path today talking about transgender. Just I got off on that uh, talking about that. But anyways, you know I got to think about what I'm gonna do with my daughter in terms of discipline and punishment. You know, and uh, I am leaning towards. You know, she might get a little whack on the butt every once in a while. You know, if she's really, but I got to think about it. You know what I mean? When, what circumstances, what crime deserves that type of punishment? You know, um, I think, uh, I, I, you know, I was thinking about a circumstance the other day. I'm like, maybe if she hit her mom, I think if she hit her mom, because a lot of times you'll see kids, they hit their parents to get their attention. I think that's grounds for, you know, and I'm not talking about going outside and getting a piece of wood from the woods and, you know, making her pull down her pants and switching her several times. That's not what I'm talking about at all. I'm talking about one, boom, right on the butt. You know, I don't know. I got to think about it. I don't know what I'm going to do. If you guys have any uh, input on what's worked for you, I've got a couple sets of parents uh, that I'm going to talk to that I respect that have awesome, awesome kids. You know, because it says, spare the rod, spoil the child, man. You know, that's a, you know, it sucks to have to do that to your child. I can't even imagine 
I can't even imagine hurting my daughter. Uh, the, the thought of my daughter being in any physical pain brings such a visceral anger. Like, I get tears in my eyes. I'm so, and if you see me that I'm so angry, I've got tears in my eyes, somebody's about to get hurt really bad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Somebody's about to get dumped on their skull. You know, that's how angry I get thinking about my daughter being in any kind of physical pain. You know, yesterday she bumped her mouth uh, on our way back from church. She was getting out of the car and my wife scooped her up and she just threw her head back and then bam, forward into a buckle uh, on my wife's shoulder from some, I think the diaper bag. And she, the, the, the cry of pain she let out. I, I've never, I literally, I think the only, the only way I could describe it is feral. Like I went full lizard brain animal. Like I whipped around and I recognized the situation. Okay. It was, it's accidental. It's an, I wasn't like mad at my wife. It wasn't my wife's fault, but I was immediately like, what just happened? <laughs> you know what I mean? And if you're a parent, you'll understand what I'm talking about. It's a completely different feeling. It's a completely different feeling, man. And it's just like I want to find the source. Like the other day, uh, I think her tummy was bothering her. And I was so angry and had nothing and no one to be angry at. I'm like, this is causing her pain and discomfort. I'm like, I want to rip something's anus in half. I want to pull somebody's organs out of them. You know what I mean? I was so angry. And... Uh, you know, there's nothing you can do. She's got a tummy ache. Who are you going to yell at? You know, so it's like, uh, it's just completely different. Like I said, if you're not a, if you're a parent, you'll understand. And if you're not, uh, someday you will. Someday you will. But yeah, you know, that's, that's things you got to think about is what are you going to, how are you going to discipline your children? I always like to, you know, in the multitude of counselors, there's wisdom. So, you know, um, I'm going to talk to my parents. I mean, we got spanked. I'm going to talk to my parents. I'm going to talk to a couple other sets of parents that I love and respect uh, who have great kids and just get a feel for, you know, how, when, if, and really, because uh, that's important. It's not something that you want to avoid. I'm looking down at my pants and I've just got milk, got breast milk all over my black pants for the gym. <laughs> that's what happens when you're feeding her. But, uh, yeah, so for today, I mean, I, I guess we've already kind of produced an entire episode just yapping about nothing in particular. Uh, I guess we got a couple of things done today. But, uh, you know, I, I, I really just want to hit on, just to close before I go into the gym, the, important of, the importance of routine. I don't think, I don't think you could do, I don't think that you can make the incremental improvements necessary for greatness without routine. Let me say that again. I don't, I know, it's not that I don't think, it's I know you can't make the, the necessary incremental improvements that are necessary for greatness. I butchered it. You cannot, <laughs> I know that you can't make the incremental improvements necessary for greatness without routine. You can't. You need to have a routine. You cannot do, I, I'm telling you right now, you might get lucky every once in a while being sporadic. 
you might get lucky, but it's not going to be sustainable success. Like you can't lose weight without a routine. You might get sick for three days and drop 10 pounds of water weight, but you, that, if you want to call that getting lucky, but you can't lose weight without routine. You can't get stronger without routine. You can't get richer, wiser, better at anything without routine. So I want you to take a look at what is my routine like? And we've covered this in several different episodes. But again, it's so important. Like I do the same thing the same way every day. People ask like, how did you get so strong? I've only been lifting for two years. If you look at pictures of me from two years ago, I don't look anything like I do now. And my lifts were nowhere close to what they are right now. Nowhere close. And it boils down to I have done more or less the same thing the same way every single day for two years straight longer I think we're on like two and a half now two and a half years straight ever since when I moved to Maine that's that's when I really dialed in on my personal discipline and my fitness and uh, I'm telling you right now there's no way that you're going to do anything special with your life unless you embrace routine you have to start to learn Routine is just all discipline. And the great thing is is that you could cultivate and improve your level of discipline by having a really good routine that you stick to. So I want to ask you, what does your routine look like? And is it is it the kind of routine that's going to help you achieve your goals mentally, spiritually, physically, and financially? If, to the, if the answer to that question is yes, my default is always where can I make little improvements to get even better? If the question, answer to that question is I don't really have a routine or I have a routine but it's like sporadic and it's not really dedicated to my growth, you need to take time and sit your ass down and start to put pen to paper and figure out how you're going to get yourself in a routine. You can either have excuses or you can have results. You cannot have both. So the, the message today, aside from everything else that we talked about, is get a routine down. If you need help with this, let me know. All right, love you guys. Let's get